Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to delve deep into Loki episode two here on the Raven On podcast with me, Natalie Bohensky, and here sharing the same airspace, my co-host, a man who is constantly dashing off to an apocalypse to just cause a bit of havoc. It's Stuart Lake. Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. I mean, I've never said, I always say you haven't had a good Friday night out unless a volcano exploded in the background. I know, and it's not just a metaphor. Yeah, exactly. There's an actual <laughs> <Yes>. volcano. <laughs> It's so good to see you, Natalie. We're here in the same room, which doesn't often happen and not usually pandemic related. We're mostly just busy people with busy lives. that's right. But I'm so excited because just before we started recording, one of my foster cats, Micah, who is like the super shy one (laughs) who always hides actually came up to Stu and demanded a pat. Yes. This is unprecedented. And just, this is why I'm so excited. It's it's revolutionary. He he was calm. He was cool. He was very accepting of pats from Stu. I think you have a bit of a Dr. Stu little. Maybe. <laughs> if you get my point. I do, yes. Eh? Eh? See, I've still got it. Like, I know you've missed, yeah, I know you think that. You mean, I, I, I like, you, oh, you of course mean that I like butt stuff with dragons. Oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> that was in that Robert Downey Jr. Movie, wasn't it? Movie, okay, yes, yeah, yes. he put his butt in a See, I thought because. I just told you how Micah, my cat, really loves having his butt smacked. He's yes. one of those. He's one of those cats who just is really into butt stuff. Sure. Uh, like just having his butt smacked. Like I'll be, he'll come up to me when I'm lying in bed, and I'll cuddle him, and then I'll just start like whacking him on the on the hindquarters, and he's like, yeah. So Robert Downey Jr. It wasn't that kind of butt stuff. It was full on. I think it was the insertion was happening. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Mm. And was he paid twenty million? For yeah. That, yeah. I mean, you know, nice, nice work if you can get it. Oh. <laughs> Look, all we can hope for is the uh, House of the Dragon upcoming series can just have a lot That's of it. dragon insemination or, <laughs> or husbandry, dragon husbandry. I mean, look, there probably will be more than a little of that. <laughs> He's hoping anyway. Ah, oh, it's so good to see you, Stu. It's so good to see you, Natalie. I know. Hopefully this recording will, will sound okay because we've been doing all of the recording via Skype. Mm. I'm kind of not used to just sitting in the same room. I know. It's very off-putting. Talking into a mic. <laughs> actually looking at your face. Yes, I apologize for that. No, no, Stu has been, you've been on like a health kick. I have, you, that's You're true. the rapidly diminishing man. <laughs> so much, so much bone structure. The, the worst superhero, rapidly diminishing man. <laughs> no, no, I think that could work. He's like, <laughs> oh no, there's an emergency on the catwalks of Paris. I mean, Quickly, call for rapidly diminishing man. That's like, that's like some other company trying to hone in on Ant-Man's territory. <laughs> Ah, yes, it's the, it's the Brazilian knockoff, Rapidly Diminishing Man. <laughs> or maybe that was Ant-Man's original name. Mm. And they were like, how do we come up with it? What's, what's a, like a much shorter word <laughs> that would convey a rapidly diminishing concept? <laughs> I don't know, everyone. Let's, leave, let's all go home, sleep on it, reconvene in a week's time, see if we can work it out. Well, yeah, so here we are, episode two of Loki. And uh, I forgot to look up what this episode was the called. The variant. Oh, the va- yes, it was. Yes. I did notice that when it flashed up, but I just didn't remember it. Hmm. I'm a professional podcaster, <laughs> and um, are you uh, getting paid? No. <laughs> well, kind of. Thank you to all my patrons yes, on on Patreon true. who uh, who help fund this uh, crazy endeavor. I love you. Please don't leave me. Um, <laughs> Just, do you think begging works? Begging's attractive, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sure, people love being people it. love being begged. <laughs> grabbing, at their, grabbing at their pants. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. Please, oh, God, no. don't leave me. No, I'll kiss I'll kiss your muddied feet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Loki and there's only six episodes. So we're mm. at this point now one third of the way through. Sure. Basically, your last minute prediction from last week came true, Stu. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, it did. Now hang I- on, will you just hang on? Stu yes. just started doing the single ladies dance. There was sure a little did. bit of that, yeah, a little, 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 little bit of victory da, da, dance. Da, da. Yeah. That's that's hey, wow. Things are getting wild. It's Stu. He's bringing out the dance routines. We, we were off. We're off book. We're in the same room. Let's go. <laughs> we're doing the dances. Let's do it. And then Taylor Swift gets interrupted by Kanye sure. because it was like Stuart Late did the best dance of all time. <laughs> uh, it was a girl Loki. It sure was. It was Lady Loki. Lady Loki. Um, Lady Loki. Or a loquette. A a loquette, sure. A loquin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A loca. I'm not Uh, sure of that. I'm not sure of the... Living la vida loca. The the suffixes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, because that was like just in the last minute of our podcast. Last, Well, not the last Mm. minute, but the last few minutes of our first podcast. You said, oh, I think my prediction is it's going to be a a Lady Loki. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then it was. And then it was. Do you know who that woman is? No, not off the top of my head. Yeah, because she didn't look familiar. No, I don't think she's like a famous actress or anything. See, I thought Um, that was going to be the big reveal that it was, you know... It's like Angelina Jolie. Yeah, or, um, you know, the chick from Marvel. No, the uh, Amy Adams or someone. No, she's in DC, right. isn't she? I don't know. Who's the famous Hollywood? Jennifer Lopez. I thought it would be Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is... Loki Le- Loki Pez. Lopez-key. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez-key. <laughs> Did you see she's back with Ben Affleck, apparently? Yeah, well, well I mean, is she... Is she back with Ben Affleck? I don't know. Apparently, on... there have been photos circulating of them canoodling. You know, sure. like it's two thousand and four all over again. If that's the case, then then great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ben- Benifer is back. Benifer is back, and so are low rise jeans. <laughs> yeah, well. And uh, dressy tops and bumsters and look, two thousand and four was not a good time if you had like a like anything resembling a gut. <laughs> um, it just wasn't a fun time. Yeah. I never got into low-rise denim for that very reason. But uh, Girl Loki. Lady Loki. It happened. There had been like speculation about this mm. and it seemed like a, a good way they could go. Now that I've seen it, I'm actually wondering if there's a second twist sort of hidden within well, that. Well, given that they revealed that twist <clears throat> pretty early on. They, they certainly did. Well, mm. I mean, they would have had to, you know. I mean, we couldn't have gone much longer without seeing the, the variant that they were chasing. So yes. I was expecting them to reveal it either this episode or next episode. But having seen their version of Lady Loki, I do wonder if there's something else now sort of waiting for it to be revealed. Yeah. Because as she says, it's not about you. You know, it's not about you, Loki. Yes. Yes, there's some other villain. Yeah. And and she's credited in the the cast list as the variant. So Ah, they don't don't call her Lady Loki. That's like a fan term that's, that's sprung up. And she's got a very demure, delicate, petite version of the horns. Well, I mean, so does he. You know, I mean, he, he, we, we've seen him with the smaller version in the trailers for this show. Oh, okay. So he defi- we definitely see that version of him soon. Yes. But, yeah, like, like I, I do wonder. You know, you know what is interesting is that she's blonde. Yeah, I did notice that. And again, very, very well put together. This is the, this is the big contrast for me. Her hair was beautifully groomed, <laughs> perfectly styled. <laughs> And Tom Hiddleston's Loki hair is still getting he's about like stringy, greasy, like yeah. a mop. Like mm-hmm. he's just been, you know, used to scrub the floors of the TVA. <laughs> and they're obviously doing that for some reason, yeah, because they're like, oh no, Tom Hiddleston is just too good looking. Otherwise, <laughs> do you think they're doing something to his voice, 
Or does he just have such a sonorous... I think they're adding a slight... Something about when he was having conversations with Owen Wilson, Mobius, in this episode that I felt like they just put a tiny bit of reverb or a tiny bit of bass under him because he has a beautiful mellifluous voice and sometimes it just went slightly more sonorously deep. I can't really describe it, but it felt like it was slightly amplified, not in a volume way, but in a to give a sense of, of majesty. He would go... I'm clever. And I don't, I can't, I would no, have to find I, a bit. And I think that's just Tom Hiddleston. I look, I know it's mostly Tom Hiddleston. I just feel like it's been slightly augmented to no, give. I, I never got that. Maybe it is. Because Owen Wilson doesn't have that. No. He, it's yeah. not like just they've, they've enhanced the dialogue. He's aggressively normal. Yes. Um, yes. Even though he works for an extra dimensional agency charged with keeping a sacred timeline, timeline in intact. place. Yes. Uh, he is aggressively normal as a person. So. Yes. Uh, well, anyway, that was my main takeaway. But <laughs> should we get to our minute challenge, Let's which do is it. where we write down everything we can remember about the episode Let's in one it. minute? Uh, should I go first this week? Uh, yes, yeah, I went first last week, so it's All your right. turn. Well, my first thing was Law and Order TVA. Dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. Yes, That's exactly. Classic buddy cop, Absolutely. different characters, the young rogue, the older, wiser. You know, cynical one, da 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 da. Almost more so than um, than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was pitched like, like which was sold as like a buddy co- as like a buddy yes. cop show. Well, like, that was it was like yeah. it was like a Lethal Weapon style, like you know, you know, butting heads all the time. Yes. Whereas this is much more. Well, this you know, is because it was of, lots of paperwork and sure. sorting through files and yeah. and, and, get, um, and for solving a mystery and all that sort of thing. Yes, like, yeah, and the new rookie not allowed to see all the files because yeah. they're all classified. And um, yes, but I, I enjoyed that kind of little bit of Jessica Fletcher style detective yes. work. That was very fun. Speaking of which, I reckon Murder She Wrote is primed for a, an origin story reboot. <laughs> Because you know they did Perry Mason, sure, with Matthew Rhys from yeah, Wales as as Gertie Perry Mason, and they're doing a second season of that. I reckon Jessica Fletcher, because she, you know, she's already a woman in her sixties when the show started, yeah, and she was a teacher and a writer and whatever, and she's a widow. So let's had she see. been solving crimes before that? Was that the? Conceit I mean, I don't, of the show, I don't know. I think the conceit was that she got into it because she like knows a lot of people and is constantly being invited places where coincidentally murders happen. Um, so two options for the Jessica Fletcher reboot, right? right. One, she's like a gritty, you know, cause this was the eighties when she was in the sixties. So you're talking reboot. like the, like the, like world war era, like a forties gritty sure. reboot film noir. Yeah. You know, she's on the hunt of serial killers and then she sort of has, gets married and puts that to one side or something to go live in Cabot <laughs> Cove, whatever. Or, Instead of Dexter, it's just Fletcher. <laughs> and she is the serial killer. Yes. Who commits a whole bunch of murders and Absolutely. then is inspired by herself to stop killing and start writing. We are straying dangerously close to the plot of Basic Instinct, though. Um, well, look, if you. I, haven't you ever want to see Angela Lansbury? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I'm weird, so. <laughs> now sure she's i imagine she is yeah she was quite old when they made murder she wrote in the 80s she was very adventurous i've been watching this great channel on youtube called pushing up roses where she does these murder she wrote recaps so she goes back and looks at murder she wrote episodes and it's called that time on murder she wrote 
dot 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 okay. whatever it was and it's really fun and she always highlights when jessica fletcher is like doing action stuff so like yeah. look, she's really running here or she's running over there or she's big noting herself in, in a way but like sort of pointing out like she, she was like no i had to run and all that sort of thing no no like, as in as in pointing out just that jessica fletcher like angela lansbury was really active yeah. you know yes she was an <laughs> lady in her 60s but she's running around she's climbing things she's poking her nose into things yeah exactly you know. Yeah, so either way, you get film noir, you know, or you get, like, she's the serial killer who yeah. then kind of gives up and decides to write about it instead. Sure. And then when people start dying in her neighbourhood, she's like, oh, I can solve the crimes. That's just as satisfying. <laughs> because then I know they deserve it. See what I mean? There we go. There's a primer there. Copyright, Natalie yeah, trademark, copyright. Trademark. I know that it's owned, obviously, it's a property owned by someone. I don't care. These are my ideas. Yeah. Pay me and I'll write murder she wrote before she wrote it if the fan fiction community has taught me nothing else it's that it's that (laughs) it's that writing fan fiction about a character gives you 1000 percent ownership over it (laughs) Uh, and that you then get to be very angry at the actual creators on twitter because they didn't do the right thing (laughs) that character would never have done that danny targaryen would never have (laughs) killed people with a dragon Sorry. Except all those times she did. <laughs> Flashback. Anyway. So, yes. Yeah, so, I, I like the law and order kind of thing. I loved Owen Wilson's attitude towards Loki in this. This kind mm. of really, I don't care. I don't trust you. I don't, you know, it was very, like, because he clearly cares what he thinks. Because he thinks Loki can help them. Yes. But he's also playing it really cool. That's right. To Loki's yeah, face. Exactly. And aggravating Loki in a way. And I loved how he just kind of has a really good bullshit rating. Yeah. Because when Tom Hiddleston at the start, when they go to that Ren Fair, and I was thinking of you when I saw Thank the Ren you. Fair, yes. I was like, I was like, that looks too medieval to be actual medieval. And yeah. then they flashed up 1985, 1985. And I went, that's why. Awesome. That is why. And I, the- I love the lady who comes out and like, guys, come on. Some people need <laughs> some this. Some of us need this. <laughs> and hello to all the uh, reenactors out there. Uh, bless you and your rampant uh, I, I gen- mead. I genuinely mead. love what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we love your mead-fueled drunken sexcapades <laughs> in goatskin tents. Yes. Uh, bless you all. <laughs> yeah, so when they've seen half of their agents have gone down and one's missing because Loki is now be able to possess people and Loki-Loki, Tom Hiddleston Loki, Toki, um, he <laughs> does this whole big thing about, oh, it's a trap. He's just outside that door. He's going to do this. He's going to – and I was like, yeah, yeah, it checks out. Like, mm. that's pretty cool. And yeah. then Owen Wilson's like, eh, I don't trust you. There's no one out there. And then he's right. And I was like, oh. And Loki had the same kind of reaction. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I clearly was not clever enough to work out that was all a big fake by Loki because I was like, well, it seems like the kind of thing a Loki would do. Totally, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just – I love that way that he could spot the bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that seems to be his superpower almost. Yes, like he, can, yes. he can see through all the, the bullshit to figure out, no, you're not telling the truth. And, and then later on, he's like, no, I think you are actually. I think this works. And I think that's a massive high compliment to public servants in general, because <laughs> I've, I mean this sincerely, I've known a lot of public servants. No, I mean, not a lot, lot, but a lot of them are just so even keeled. They kind of are able to spot mm. too much bullshit yeah. versus like the, because, you know, people come into, I'm just thinking in government, people come in with big fancy ideas and high flying, you know, and they kind of dazzle yeah. you with their personality or their money or whatever. And then public servants can go, well, we've done some due diligence and actually here's some issues. Yeah. And they're, they're the, 
I don't want to say that they're boring people, but they're just even keeled. They yes. don't they don't necessarily get dazzled so much. So exactly. I think that that's my compliment to public servants. Sure. If you are one, I appreciate you. <laughs> I wouldn't have necessarily thought that we were going to be giving an ode to public servants no, in this but, episode. Like, but here we are. I'm sure there are a whole bunch who are the lazy stereotype that people think but the ones that i've worked with in my life when i was in politics and worked with a public service sure they saved my butt on so many occasions (laughs) they knew everything or they knew where to get stuff and they were so calm that i think that they're heroes they're Mm. the unsung heroes absolutely did that sound trite i didn't mean that to be trite yes 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 and that's what owen wilson is able to kind of weigh up like Here's Loki's razzle-dazzle versus what's actually happening. Yeah, it was really fun. No, no, I, I agree. I, I thought that scene was really cool. I, I like that it's his last gasp of trying to sort of do a bit of manipulation. Yes. And then as the episode wears on, he actually sort of buys in because he's like, no, I'm cleverer than this person. I can I can figure out what they're up to. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that then becomes his driving force. Yes, he gets incentivized mm. by being shown up to be kind of a hick. hick yes. Yeah. Snake or salesman kind well, of thing. And also that he's the lesser variant. He hates Yes, <laughs> yes. Ego. So much ego. Um, I like the, the body swapping evil green effect, mm. particularly at the end when they're in that big Costco in 2050. I, when they first revealed the first guy who was standing there, I thought they were doing something very different. Oh, okay. I, and I won't say what it is because like it might be a spoiler for later or, or oh, something. Oh, I say there's a comics based reason that they... Well, maybe like, like there's, there's, there's external, yeah, there, there's comics and series based things that I was like, oh wow, are they doing this now? And then they didn't, then, then it definitely wasn't. It was, it was Lady Loki. So I was like, that's interesting. I mean, that's interesting that they're playing in that space. But anyway, I won't, I won't, that's too cryptic. No, it's really good to talk cryptically on a podcast. <laughs> so it gives people an incentive to do some research. That's it. Not me. No. But people who are sure. listening. People who give a shit. I rely on you to do my research, too. Have we not evaluated this that's by now? Evaluated fair. and cemented this by now. So I, yes, I wrote, oh, Stu was right. It's a girl, Loki. Mm-hmm. Who is she? But we've established we don't really know. Screw you, Pompeii. I, loved- <laughs> I just, I just love that whole scene. And speaking in Latin and addressing, you know, Roman peasants or middle class, probably just wandering around Pompeii. Gets up like, you know, I'm, I'm from the future and this, this volcano will I erupt. I don't know. I Surely the human monkey brain because people were walking around and he's like, this volcano is going to explode. And they're like, huh, but it's rumbling quite heavily. Like the human monkey brain would know if the ground is trembling and a large rumbling is coming that, you know. Yeah, but didn't Vesuvius do that a lot? I don't know. I wasn't there. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> True. Maybe it maybe. I mean, it even to this day, it's volcanically active. So, yes. Yes. Know. All right. Fine. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they were playing them kind of slightly dumber than I thought they might be. But then I suppose they, they were. But I mean, there the, was a mad Tom Hiddleston yelling. The, the at The show them. was sort of pointing out that no matter what he did, yes. there was not going to be any variant energy because it's volcano yeah. day. Yeah, you know, which was a it's a genius idea. I love it. Like hiding very very clever Hi- hiding just before they happen. Mm. Because whatever you do is not going to be picked up because the event itself is the thing that is yes. picked up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lovely, clever bit of writing. A very nice development. It almost feels like something that Owen Wilson or one of the TVA people should have thought of themselves. Yes. Like, that feels like something. But then maybe they're, they're so used to apocalypses. Like, well, as, yes. As uh, Mobius says at one stage, this just keeps happening like, yeah like, how many yeah how many how many apocalypses does oh when they're going through the list and they yeah. have to search for which which time period <laughs> yes. has the bubble gum or something 
That was where the yeah. bubble gum came into that gives them play, a, a five-year yeah. window or seven-year window or something, yeah. and they have to look through, and there's like, oh, here's the climate crisis of 2049. And, all this, and I'm like, oh, no. It's like, oh, God, they're probably right. Yeah, we're going to watch this in 30 years and be like, oh, they were so sweet summer children. Um, they just, it was so much worse. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, it's uh, like all those movies in the, ni- in the 70s that predicted, like, by 2021, there'd be, like, a massive... Like World War Three or something, you know, like all those science fiction movies from the eighties who are like, yes, nineteen ninety nine, the world is, yeah, you know. I remember watching. I think it was Mission to Mars, where it was set in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen yeah. or something, and they were like on. We seem like an impossible far off future. It so did because yeah. I think it came out like ninety nine or yeah. two thousand or something. Like, wow, I'll never be that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I wrote Tom Hiddleston's hair. I'm sure there were other things I wanted to mention, but the final thing I, I just wanted to put down was I'm pretty sure that the timekeepers are totally Wizard of Oz style yeah. specters, Definitely. no avatars. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's that Ravenna. Is it Ravenna? Ravonna? Ravonna, Ravonna Renslayer. Yeah, because she, yeah. she had this scene with Owen Wilson in her office where he kept talking about how it keeps getting nicer. Her office keeps getting nicer, but mm. then she kept talking about, oh, the time, timekeepers are, are looking at this. They've got all eyes on this. They're, they're really worried. And I was like, it's you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You're well, the timekeepers. Or something some... is potentially going on with it's, her. It's just given me slightly more, you know, kindling for my fire theory yeah. that that there's a bit of a man behind the curtain style. No, absolutely. I, th- I think you're, you're very on track with that. And I just think. the fact that Loki's like, oh, I want a face-to-face <laughs> meeting with the time slayers. It's just something... Well, also, too convenient about and it. also he talks to Lady Loki. He says like, you know, I can I can get you a meeting with the with because he the wants to he wants to overthrow them. Yeah, That's we'll overthrow thing. the timekeepers, and then she kind of laughs, and I'm like, well, she knows something he doesn't. That's true too. Yeah, yeah. There's something there. She has knowledge of what the timekeepers are and, and where they are. Yeah, because we see that like she's either tortured or like mind warped that person that they kidnapped at the start of the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Who keeps repeating? Who, who keeps saying like you know it's well she keeps saying it's all real, it's all real, which is interesting. That's, I thought that's she was speaking in tongue for for a while there. But she, well, she, she keeps saying kind of she keeps saying it's real, it's all real, it's all real. I want to go home, and then she says I, I told him where the timekeepers were. Mm. So how, did, how does she know? Well, I mean, like, it's only a mystery to Loki. Like, we don't know that it's a mystery to everyone else. That's true. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're assuming a lot, mm. but we're, we're seeing it through Loki. Loki's our viewpoint guy. Mm. We don't have all the knowledge. Maybe they do. Maybe mm. they know exactly where the timekeepers are, and, and this will turn out to be a, 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 yeah. a red herring. But, you know, I just think it's interesting that, like, first of all, that she's saying it's all real. That seems significant. That probably will play into something a bit later. Mm. And then the fact that, Obviously, uh, Lady Loki now has this knowledge. She knows where the timekeepers are. And then she enacts her master plan, which is to bomb the sacred timeline, which is... Yeah, that was quite significant. Like, audacious. Like, it's episode yeah. two. Yeah. That's like episode five. That should... You know, well, four, that should happen. You know, like, in, a, in a traditional series, but I guess in sure. a traditional series, they mm. would not be having a Lady Loki. Like, that would be the big reveal. Sure, exactly. Everyone's quite smart and works three steps ahead of the writers because Absolutely. they are fan fictions and they own oh. it, Stu. <laughs> That's it. As That's you right. said, they own it. So they have to probably try a few things that um, jumped around. But I did notice that it's, I think it's a, a woman writer and woman director, at least of this episode. Oh, this episode, of, yeah. of the past one, I think. I know that the, show, the well. showrunner was a guy. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think the creator was a guy, yeah. but like the writer of this one and the director was women. Yeah. So it's like, they've got a lot of women involved. So, mm. you know. Totally. 
Thank you. Thank you. I just thought I'd have no, to. They, put up they more definitely pride, seem to. Stu's yeah. a feminist. <laughs> Solidarity. Yeah. So pretty much that was my main thing, except for a thought that I just had, which was the paper file styling. Everything's in Manila folders yes. and that typewriter font and the lots of lovely close-ups of that lovely serif, you know, <laughs> font. And I thought that's a really clever way of stylizing the TVA as a paper-based bureaucracy, yes. even though they're super, super futuristic. Although, are they futuristic? Because well, Loki asked and they didn't say. They didn't say. But whatever they are, they have some sorts of technology, like the traveling through time portals mm. and the nightsticks that disintegrate. Like, they sure. have tech. Yeah. But they're still paper-based. And it's a lovely way to save money because then you don't need to worry about any <laughs> digital effects. It's no, vis- yeah, it's no visual effects, exactly. You just have to... You're still on a TV budget Whereas, even though you've got Disney Plus You know when it. you watch like CSI and they've got spinning, you know, like a desk where all the information yep. is on a desk mm-hmm. and they're using their hands to... And it's like, what's the purpose of swishing things around? Does it really help? No. Is it, is it any easier than just having a board with like some totally. pins and red string on it? That <laughs> no, just looks cool for no reason. But it yeah, looks it cool like, and as you point out, is much cheaper. It's much cheaper, but looks still, but still super looks stylized, stylized yeah, exactly. and expensive. So it's totally. a really they're really clever the way that they're making these shows. Because obviously Tom Hiddleston probably comes with a fairly big paycheck. But, you know, they're still making these shows look like movies, but without... Yeah the movie budget yeah they're doing a lot of very smart things with this series in particular but with with a lot of them yeah Yeah. like with WandaVision you know they saved all their big special effects really for the end yeah pretty much yeah your list, Stu. My list. Um, so we, we've covered a lot of points. So my, the first thing on my list was Lady Loki. So, like, obviously, I was right. Yes. Um, but I do wonder if maybe there's something else coming. Like, yes. I, I, there's got to be more to the character. I think the fact that her hair is blonde is important. Okay. I could be latching onto the wrong thing there. Is that but, a comics thing? That Well, in the comics, when there's been a Lady Loki, she's had dark hair like Loki has. Also, oh, it's a Loki um, pretender. Well, it could could it could not actually be Loki. A fakey lady, a fakey Loki, a fakey lady Loki, a fakey lady Loki. Because <laughs> um, there are other female Loki, Loki at the fakey lady Loki. Oh, it's not uh, someone like uh, Agnes. What's her name? No, I don't, I don't think it. I, think I don't think it's. I don't think it was Agatha all. <laughs> um, but maybe something similar, like some oh, someone okay. who's adopted a Loki identity to sort of cover their tracks, maybe. Oh. But, or maybe it's just Lady Loki. I, I could be going too deep there. I'm not sure. We'll see how that plays out. Mm. The second thing in my list was here come the man in brown because uh, <laughs> I was just I got a very big uh, men in black vibe this this time for some reason like. Weirdly, not last episode, but this episode, I think, because they were like investigating, like they were actively investigating like incidents, yeah, and things. There was a very sort of Men in Black vibe, you know, this shadowy organization, but everyone's dressed in these like '70s style brown suits. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's interesting. I just like the aesthetic. I think yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like, you know, just, just the just the aesthetic and how that plays into it. You're right. Like Loki brings up the fact that sort of jokingly, in an offhand sort of way, a jokey oh, you Loki, know, a jokey Loki. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I, I just sort of, I assumed it's the future. A fakey jokey right? lady Loki? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that should be the name of this podcast. Fakey jokey lady Loki. <laughs> Call in if you can add to the fakey jokey lady Loki rhyme scheme. Uh, oh, if they met like in a, a nightclub in the 70s, it could be a fakey jokey smoky lady Loki. <laughs> or it was a very small nightclub. It would yes. be a fakey jokey pokey smoky yep. lady Loki. <laughs> Favorite game. Here we go. We'll just keep adding. The next item on my list was uh, the other analyst. That's interesting. So when Mobius goes to see uh, the judge, 
he talks about the other analyst that she has on the books. So first of all, like apparently that's noteworthy, the fact that she has another, some person like him, you know, working for her. I would assume there would be a few, wouldn't there? Yeah, you would think so. But they make a point of saying like, you know, there, there's him who he, who, he comes to her all the time to report. And then there's another analyst who hmm. he's not, a, he, like he doesn't know by sight or by name, but he knows that they work for her. And she refers to having gotten several items in her office from this other analyst person. Oh. That's interesting. I think yeah. that'll, that'll probably play out. The, mm. the idea that there's someone like else. An alternative him, maybe? Well, his name's Mobius. Ah, um, like the Mo- strip. Mobius M. Mobius, apparently, is his full so name. So Mobius is probably his middle name as well. Maybe. And maybe he has actual blonde hair. Because I thought Owen Wilson had just gone slightly grey, but no, he's been on interviews and stuff and he still has his blonde hair. He still has his like shoulder length blonde hair. They've given him, (laughs) yeah, they've given him grey hair. They've given him a a, a button down wig. I thought Uh, they just put some talcum powder in. That's what you do in community theatre. Just throw some talcum powder in there. (laughs) Or flour, just... (laughs) You're walking around stage, leaving flower prints everywhere. It's Mm. great. Get some of that grey spray paint. Yeah. But yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. The other ah. analysts, there's something going on. There's something, else, they something else is happening. Because they had a big conversation mm. about where did you come from? They were sitting down at the, at the cafe, Loki and Mobius, and they had a big conversation yes, yeah, about yeah, yeah. He, where did you come from? And Loki's like, oh, I was created by a frost giant and then raised by Odin. And, then, and, and, and Mobius is like, do you realize how ridiculous you sound? Everyone's yes. origin story sounds ridiculous when you kind of take the, the person, personal I, out of it. I love that because... It will probably have something to do... It will probably tie in in-universe. Otherwise, yes. they wouldn't just have it there. That's right, yeah. But also, it's them just sort of tap dancing in the space. Mm. I just love that they're just playing around with it now. They have the confidence to sort of be like, Not all of this is stupid. <laughs> like, you know, you got like gods and frost giants and, and sacred timelines and there's a rage monster and a guy who just shoots arrows. That's his whole deal. You know, the Marvel Universe is nuts. A guy who just shoots arrows? Hawkeye. Oh, like, you know, <laughs> that's his whole deal. Yeah, he has more to him than that. Thank you very much. He also can... He, he does. J- jump a bit, I suppose. Do some flips while shooting arrows. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His arrows do different things. You know, yeah. So there's yeah. that. Is that a... He's got that going for him. Is that a sexual reference? Or? <laughs> I mean, it can be both. Um, hey, speaking of sexual references, to get a little bit adults only, um, <laughs> if you've got small children listening... Why? But also <laughs> turn them away now. But uh, isn't there some sort of Batman controversy happening at the moment where like oh, yeah. Batman was told <laughs> or the writers of Batman or creators the, of the something? Writers, the writers of Harley Quinn, which is an R-rated right. cartoon, yes. um, which is very good actually. Um, it's a very good show. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, I think, in Australia if you want to watch the first season. Oh, okay. um, it's pretty good. And it's in-universe and they just treat it. Completely normal, except it's R-rated, so they're, oh. they're allowed to swear and kill people and oh, right. do stuff like that. But so it, this is where, like, but it is canon. DC Comics are doing better stuff than DC or DC, uh, yeah, DC cartoon animated, animated. And, and like all the all the all those sort of periphery properties are mm. doing better than the mainline properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there was apparently the creators of the show wanted to have a scene where Batman went down on Catwoman. Right. Right. I'm sure a pussy joke was involved at oh, some point. look, for um, sure. You don't miss that opportunity. No, absolutely not. No. They were told by DC Editorial that not only is Batman not allowed to do that, but that heroes don't do that, right? Now listen, fellas. Now listen. Fellas. That is precisely what heroes yes, do. Yes, exactly. 
And, and I, that is I, the one defining thing of a hero. <laughs> if you want to be regarded as a hero, that's the that's easiest that's and sole step <laughs> yes. that you need to do. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious because all I've been seeing is memes. I'm, I'm in some sort of. Well, I, I, re, I retweeted a meme because they said that's not what heroes do. And then that, that, that meme came up with uh, Thor from Ragnarok <laughs> going, that's what heroes do, do. <laughs> um, which is great. But <laughs> but so basically, it's been wonderful yeah. because for the last two or three days, the entire internet has basically been talking about how Batman definitely <laughs> eats pussy. Um, so that's been a whole thing. That's been that's been the comics discourse yeah. for the last couple of days. Sometimes it's nice to realize the internet can be fun again. Yeah, exactly. Like it just feels like everyone's playing. Everyone, and I love it. everyone can be united on a on a topic. Absolutely. Wasn't that a similar thing with like some rapper or something said they didn't do that, and then the Rock came out to be DJ like, DJ Khaled hey. said said he doesn't do that, and the Rock is like, and the Rock is like, yes. no, you're a loser, and everyone's like, yeah, the Rock, vote him president. <laughs> it's a nice unifying uh, experience. <laughs> But I do, but I do like that. Like everyone, everyone's sort of expanded that out because they're a bunch of comic book nerds. So now everyone's talking about, hang on, so which characters definitely do and which characters definitely don't, right? Which has been fun. Been Lex of... Luthor, no, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, that's delightful. That is delightful. I, I do like that. The counterpoint argument, though, is that actually Batman is terrible at sex, uh, which I which I think. Well, that, you know, I, I'm I'm open to either to either interpretation. Well, hang on, Batman or Bruce Wayne? Like maybe he needs to wear the costume. Uh, maybe to like <laughs> perform. Exactly. Yes. But as Bruce Wayne, he's sort of wooden and you know doesn't yeah. really know how to do anything. He's just. A... Someone said Batman. Batman strikes me as the guy who just jumps off and yells "sex complete" <laughs> and then and then leaves. <laughs> okay, so when we get back into Raven Bat, yes. <laughs> we then need to rank each of the Batmen a score <laughs> on how they would perform sexually. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> sexually. I think I think that graph is gonna be all over the place. Yes, that's <laughs> because as I think we say, I mean, we've as we talk right now, we have we have recorded episode one of Raven yes, Bat. Yes, I just haven't edited it yet. As as I think we get into like Adam West Batman, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. He's all about it. Yeah. It's the swinging 60s, yeah. man. It's free love. Absolutely. It's everything. Oh, man. That's so good. Because <laughs> I only just saw bits and pieces. You know when sometimes you see a, a Twitter yeah. thing just kind of like... It's just sort of happening in the background. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like you're riding a horse and all of a sudden a storm kind of comes There's like storm clouds in the Yeah, and you're like, what? What is that? Why... <laughs> Why are there so many Photoshop pictures of Batman's head saying <laughs> strange and sexual things? So I had to kind of work out and be like, oh, I really don't know the comics world at all. <laughs> or in fact, do I know it too well? But back to Loki, where we haven't seen any evidence yet uh, of Loki's... I don't know. I feel like Loki is too wrapped up in himself. He's a narcissist. Yes. He's, he's just into himself. Absolutely. This is... Okay, so that's what made me think that with the girl Loki, I'm like, that's the only Loki Loki would bang. <laughs> or, or the girl Loki would... Like, it's Loki's just up with himself yeah. or herself. Sure. Absolutely. It's, it's all about just... It's all about Loki. Creating more Lokis and then having <laughs> sex with them. That's it. I'm sure that fan fiction already exists. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it probably does. If not, I should write it. Absolutely. Get involved. Uh, a smoky, a smoky, toky, Loki, jokey, <laughs> <laughs> with a Loki, smoky, pokey, toky. 
A Loki pokey pokey. A Loki jokey pokey. <laughs> Eating hokey pokey ice cream. <laughs> so the next item on our list, uh, we, we've said, we've talked about it already, but uh, the Loki's uh, Lady Loki's plan is to bomb the sacred timeline, which I thought was quite interesting because she needed mm. to do something with all those bombs. Yeah. So that happened, which is going to completely upend the status quo. And I love that they're, they've just settled into a groove and they just jump right back out yeah. of it. It's great. It's and I very love, assured filmmaking. Again, with the aesthetics, I love the fact that they're all in like their Houston, you know, we have a problem headquarters and there's like one of those great big old Jetson style yeah. t- TVs and they've all just got knobs and buttons <laughs> yeah, that's and right. little, you know, buttons that you press and the light switches on. That's kind of my dream. To have like a little control panel that I could just sit at going, <laughs> doop, doop, stick, stick, stick. My, when I was a kid, my fantasy item that mm. I wanted to own was a cash register. Like an old school cash register? No, like the ones that just have the buttons. Not the new fancy ones that are all touchscreen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually ended up working at Coles as a checkout chick. Right. Which was pretty cool. That's Until it. they introduced the touchscreen. So it was very disappointing. <laughs> But you know those old, you know the really clacky keys and you sort of sit there going clack, clack, clack and then a drawer would open you put money in. (laughs) Oh, I I actually saw someone selling one like on Facebook Marketplace or something and I went, dare I? I could just get cash out and keep it in there and then when I needed cash, (laughs) I could just, I don't know, there was something just, something so glamorous about cash machines, cash (laughs) registers. I don't know why. It's completely irrational and ridiculous and people are phasing them out and everyone's got, you know, everyone's got iPads with you know, just a square and it's yeah. so dull now. It is. But cash registers are so tactile yes. and buttons and those little knobs. How do they all get connected? Are there wires <laughs> under? How do you just have a little knob? It was like a 1960s Bond movie with everyone, you know, fiddling knobs and pressing yes. buttons and lights going on. Oh, that's my favorite kind of panel. Forget, <laughs> forget all your CSI swooshy special effects and Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man creating 3D mind maps and shit that he stands in the middle of. I'm like, no, give me a dinky cash register with that lovely totally. chick chick sound of the yep. drawer coming Absolutely. out and flick of the of the you know the flick of the little, uh, the little levers springs, springs that, holds that holds the, the cash place. down. Yep. Yes. <laughs> the best there's almost wonder, certainly like this is your asmr i was about is- to say i should start i should buy that cash register and try and make it make money by just doing cash register asmr totally i mean it can't hurt <laughs> well i wonder how much an old cash register is printing out receipts you know that yep. rip yep. oh, oh it's the greatest very good okay forgotten write that sounds. down forgotten sounds Cash register ASMR. Again, copyright Natalie. Do not steal this. <laughs> Fucking YouTube vultures. We don't have that many listeners. We can probably figure out who did it. Yeah, good point. All right. Was it Michael Barnes? <laughs> Was it Ilana in Perth? Was it... I'm trying to remember the other listeners. I think Greg and Dan from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast listeners. Occasional. Yeah. Mostly because I mention yeah. them and they like to keep track of how That's much it. I'm sort of slamming them. them in public. <laughs> What's great, though, is that I'm running the Smart Enough uh, Facebook account now. Yes. I could just do anything. They wouldn't even know. <laughs> Both of them are off Facebook. I could be posting Raven on recaps all the time. They wouldn't know. Sure, do it. In fact, do no it. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> Harness their audience. Do it and see if they care or notice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm just going to freaking put porn and, and Batman cunnilingus and, 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 yeah, let's do it. Smart Enough to know Batman porn. <laughs> I'm Batman. Oh, Lord. Shut up. <laughs> Are you sure? I heard this wasn't your thing. It's fine. I'm Batman. I'm not the hero you need, but I'm the one you deserve. 
I love amazing. See, I thought initially when I before I realized it was a cartoon, I thought it was from the new Batman movie, the one oh, with, right. the yeah. one with Robert Twilight <laughs> Robert guy, yeah, yeah, Robert Pattinson, and I was like, look, it might make you see it. I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> More likely to. And then I read it was a cartoon. And I was like, oh, that's fine if it's a cartoon. Wait a second. <laughs> this is a children's cartoon. <laughs> well, no, it's not very very Yes, I know, I know, I know, but yeah. Um, Look, that didn't stop somebody showing me Fritz the Cat when I was far too young. Well, that's true, yeah. To see Fritz the Cat. Stuff like that really slips through Does that get around anymore? Like, would it be on the internet? Oh, it'd probably be on the internet. I think I was maybe like 14 or 15 or something and someone put it on at a party and was like, oh my God, it's like hilarious. And I was like, it's like a dirty cat porn from the 70s or something. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, you know Fritz the Cat, yeah. So for people who don't know, it's like a weird dirty cat porn. The only thing I could think of when I was watching that was like the cat pulls out this massive penis, like a human style penis when it when it's about to have sex with lady cats, I guess. But it's not wearing any clothes the rest of the time. The penis just disappears. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you couldn't, where is it? It you, just appears. You were worried about the logistics of it. Yes, yeah. I was because I was like, where is it? Like there's no bulge, there's no, and all of a sudden it's just popping out of nowhere. And I'm like, you can't tell me that it engorges that much <laughs> and retracts into, I don't think that's how biology would work, human or cat. <laughs> There's got to be some evidence. This has been a surprisingly blue episode. Yes, yeah, so I'll put it. <laughs> Even by our standards. Even by our standards. <laughs> Raven on goes blue. <laughs> Back to your list. Yes. Where was I? Um, so I just, I, I had uh, the climate apocalypse is coming. Uh, yes, which was yes. uh, quite, quite a funny thing. And then, um, you know, haha, we're all going to die. And then um, uh, Loki and Pompeii, which I thought was very uh, cool. And the final item on my list was just... Uh, Get Mobius's jet ski. That's got to happen by episode six, doesn't it? Yeah. So let's talk about the jet ski because I actually did. I thought I'd written it down, but I had. Oh, no, I did. Owen Wilson's attitude and weird love of jet skis. Yes. I wonder yeah. why a jet ski. I suppose he like. He explains. Well, it's the perfect marriage of form and function. But <laughs> yes, but it's not super practical for daily life. Like a jet ski is very much an adventure it is something that is purely for enjoyment. Yes, purely for recreation. You yeah. don't go to work on a jet yeah. ski. It's not great as a means of travel either. It is just something that is meant to be enjoyed. Mm. But I would argue there are better formal function combinations, but that's to him sure. the best combination. Like and, to and me, he knows the stretch of time and space. Yeah, like to me, it's when you take your Macca's fries and you put them on your cheeseburger mm. and then you have that sucker hole. Sure. Like that to me is the perfect form and function. <laughs> You know, that's the best combination. Yeah. And in just in his mind, it's a jet ski. And that's fine. My brother would agree. Loves a jet ski. <laughs> well, also, I love I love his world weariness of, of the, his preamble to that, which is like, most things suck and, yeah. and, and everything gets ruined eventually. Yes. <laughs> which felt very... Meta. <laughs> meta in our current digital age. Yes. Everything gets ruined everything eventually. Everything gets ruined. But for a brief time, the 1990s... <laughs> There was just something that existed that was pure and beautiful. Yeah. And look, to venture <coughs> off on another pop culture tangent, the early 1990s when the jet skis were in yeah. is when Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves came of out. Of course. And did you see that article in The Guardian this week? Of course I week? did. Yes, I did. It was, yeah. I couldn't believe it when that popped up on my feed and I was like, ugh. Because they, they did one. They're doing this a bit at the moment. There, there, there's a subgenre of current clickbait articles that are just oh everyone loves this thing but i don't like it now this is weird because i based a whole show sure (laughs) on the fact that love actually is trash and i did an article about that in 2013 and i copped so much shit for it but now seven years later eight years later almost 
so many more people are writing about how love actually is trash and the people who love it are kind of less vocal because there's so much oh he's a stalker like so all these people are kind of coming around to my side (laughs) all the hot takes have but so I'm aware that I wrote because a few people threw that back at me when I tweeted that this Guardian article could fuck off and (laughs) continue to fuck off and people were like I'm like yeah okay I did that I did but I did a whole show like I and also also the show is a balanced show the the actual show is a balanced show the show includes the opposite viewpoint yeah Yeah. the show is a do you love it do you hate it here's why I love it here's why I hate it kind of battle that's the whole point and also, like, I would, I, you know, not to blow smoke, but, like, yours was funny. Uh, and and <laughs> Thanks, yours Jude. was a reasoned argument, like, <laughs> that there was meant to be slightly tongue-in-cheek and the fact that you were being hyperbolic yes. is kind of a little bit, yeah. you know. And I understand this sort of film criticism, but I think I didn't read the one. I think the first one they did was the Shrek one or something. And yeah, everyone yeah, had the, a big... the Shrek one was very... Yeah. Well, which, I mean, look... Who's defending Shrek? Like yeah, it's, it is weird. Um, I will defend Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves sure. to the death, though. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where, yes, of course you're going to love things. And people love to argue and go, no, it's a terrible film. And it's like, I know it's not freaking The Godfather or whatever. Not that I've seen The Godfather. But I know it's not that. But sorry, I, I have, I have, uh, one day I'm, I'm I, will, not, I plan it's, to. It's I plan we, to. We can blow right past it. I plan fine. to. Um, I... <laughs> It's on the list. Sure. But like Robin Hood is a a super great fun movie that is really weirdly maligned for things that were not necessarily uncommon in that age or in, you know, and the fact that the article had a go at Alan Rickman for like indulging in the movie's baser instincts and like being over the top. And I'm I'm like, did we watch the same film? He elevated that movie by just swinging for the fences. So good. It's, it's so great. good. Anyway, so at one point we have to watch Robin Hood and do a podcast about it. Absolutely. About how awesome it is. We can we can maybe do like all, uh, multiple Robin Hoods and compare them. Who, well, we did. The so that was one of yeah. our ideas at one point was to do a Robin yeah. Hood podcast because there are enough of them. Whether we watch the TV series or although, because there's like mm. Merry, Merry Men and yeah. the one that was in the 2000s, there was a Robin Hood and there's a lot of a subset, a Raven on subsection. Yeah. Rob, <laughs> Robin on, Robin on. <laughs> In the hood. Because <laughs> we're so white. I do think there's a there's a wider thing that's happening where a lot of these older movies are suddenly like very much more accessible than they used to be. Like you yes. used to have to go to a video store. Yes. Actually, yeah. it used to be an intentional thing that you would have to seek these movies out. Whereas now they're just available. They're just yes. on streaming. Half the time you don't even have to pay for them because they're already part of your streaming package. Yeah. So you just click on them. So suddenly people are watching these things. Yeah. They might not have watched them for 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And they're either going, oh, wow, this is awesome. And they're talking about that. Or they're going, this is so much worse than I remember. And they're not finding joy in that and like having fun. They're writing very dour and self-serious <laughs> takedowns of oh my god i can't believe how bad this movie is yeah because it's not like i don't know i um i've just been recently watching because i got binged to watch mayor of east town and i haven't remembered to unsubscribe yet so i've just been going (laughs) i've just been going through the sex in the city back catalog as like lovely fluff to have on in the background while i'm doing stuff and i still freaking love that show and so many people hate that show now because of like probably three to four episodes that have topics and conversations and language that you wouldn't use now i think i think it has aged remarkably badly only because it's 
four white women of relatively affluent means. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sort of, like, 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 all the context of the time can be stripped away because you're watching it in 2021. Yes. You know, and if you maybe don't know a lot of the backstory or the context of it, you're just like, what the hell is this show? You know, like, like I can see why some people coming to it completely cold would be like, what the hell? But there's a lot of people who loved it when it came out who are now That's kind of right, going, exactly. oh, I'm bad like, for liking like, well, it. And on, it's no, like, no, 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 yeah. And it's a fantasy show. It's like, sure. it's, it's entourage and there's ways, all this, yeah. so many shows about men in Hollywood or whatever. And this exactly. was a show about rich white women having man problems. <laughs> sure. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, Carrie's so needy. And it's like, yeah, well, how many men have been full of neuroses as characters in movies and TVs? But, oh, no, it's Carrie, so she, we can't let a woman be neurose. I don't no, know. I, right. I get very jumped up. And there's a whole lot that, <laughs> you know, there's, there's some language now that we wouldn't use for sure. sure. But I was watching one episode from like the year 2000 and it's Samantha. There's this whole big thing where she's talking about how it's the millennium and everyone will be pansexual in the future. It's not a matter of who you sleep with. It's about the person. It's not about and gender is, is a construct. Yeah. And I'm like, that's exactly what fucking people on the internet are all about now. <laughs> but nobody plays that clip of Samantha talking about how in the future everyone will be pans. She uses the phrase pansexual. Yeah. Which I forgot had even happened. I was like, I thought pansexual was like a term in the last five years or so. <laughs> no, no, no. They were using it in 2000. I'm sure it existed before then. But that would have been probably one of its first mainstream kind of uses. <laughs> um, and I'm like, yeah, they were talking in the year 2000 about how the, fu- the new millennium will be all about being pansexual. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck all you haters. Like, honestly, yes, a whole bunch of stuff doesn't stand up in the thing you love. But a whole bunch of stuff does. Sure, exactly. It's, and you love things from your childhood that you might go, yeah, it's not great. I freaking love the Spice World movie. I know it's not freaking The Godfather. Well, the, the difference is, like, I think it's fascinating to look at that stuff and say, this is what has aged well. This is what has aged badly. Why? Why has it happened that way? Like, I mean, you know, even when we were talking about all the, the Bond films... You know, we would go back they've to all those. all aged perfectly, aged, Stu. Like fine wine, every single like one of them. Like fine fucking wine. Even, even the ones that were bombs when they first were first released. Like a 63 <laughs> Chardonnay something, 1863. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, no, the sherry. I was talking about the, the I was talking about the, the vintage, vintage of the wine, wine that the, the sherry, sherry was, was made, made from. from. <laughs> 1863. <laughs> yeah, so uh, basically what I'm saying is, yes, Love the things that you love and you can look and go, oh, gee, there's there's a sexual reference we wouldn't make now. Sure. But it's okay. I don't think, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably politically incorrect now. <laughs> I think I probably am. No, I think what I've found fascinating over the last couple of months, years, like like, like just recently I've noticed a bit of pushback in a, in a positive way, not in a, oh, you know, you can't say anything these days and oh, yeah, yeah, the work yeah. left are killing things. Oh, yeah. But just in a, in a more sensible, hey, we don't have to like throw everything out and yes. start again. Yes. You can take the good stuff yes. and you can contextualize the bad stuff. And if you're smart about it, you can make something that's even better. Yes. And take the things that you love and make them better. You don't have to invalidate every single thing that you ever loved. Yes. You know, you can just contextualize it and say that was a thing and that's not a thing now or vice versa. Mm. And that's okay. Mm. And there are some things that you don't, you just grow out of and you go, oh, that style of comedy is not. Sure. You know, I remember in like the 90s Mm. borrowing a a, a DVD, a video, a VHS of like the Benny Hill show from the video (laughs) shop for my dad. Yeah. Because he always talked about loving the Benny Hill show. And I think we put it on and he was like, 
And my dad's got a fairly cheap sense of humor. Like, yeah. you know, has sent me some really stupid memes. Um, <laughs> but not by the internet. Like he sends them, he gets them on his phone as a text message. So sure. I get text message memes yes. now for my dad. It's Absolutely. really weird. But he sent me some really weird ones. And I'm like, that's a terrible joke. And my dad's laughed at it. But I remember him in my teenage years looking mm. at Benny Hill, which was what, 15 years old at that point or something, yeah. early 80s, and going, oh, it's not really, it's not really that funny really, is it? <laughs> like your taste change and your, you know, unless you're talking about Blackadder or there are classics that are classic for a reason, but there would be things in Blackadder that would probably would be. I haven't gone back to Blackadder probably, recently. Probably, but probably I'm problematic. Sure, I'm sure there are. But anyway, I'm getting too distracted. The point is <laughs> I'm right. Absolutely. Yes. Love what you love. Recognize things that you're like, huh, wouldn't do that now. Interesting choice. But you know, don't cancel stuff over that. I think there's a difference. And look, I'm a white person. I get it. I'm speaking from a position of privilege and I know that, but I think there's a difference between things that we're actively trying to harm and things that were just like in bubbling in a cauldron of, of yeah. culture at the time. That, that's it. That, and, and you can usually tell the difference. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like for example, at the time that there's something about Mary came out, yeah. right? Late nineties. Everyone loved that movie. I hated it. I, I had such I had such a reaction to that movie. Really? Wait, how because so? all I thought was this poor woman is just being stalked by every man she meets. Even yes. the one that we're supposed to believe is the hero, Ben Stiller. He's mm. just one of the stalkers. He's just the one that they've presented to us as the acceptable one. That's right. But but the movie calls that out, doesn't it? Like I look, I'm I know that it kind of does, but then she still ends up with him. Yeah, she does. So my whole reaction to that was like, oh my god, this poor woman. But everyone thought it was hilarious. Yeah. But that's the thing. You can have reactions. My mother walked out of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, but wasn't that just because she thought it was a bunch of nonsense? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like you can have reactions to thing at the time that everyone else is not having, you know, yes. and, and go, oh, I really didn't enjoy that. Yeah, you're allowed to have your opinion. I'm not saying people shouldn't think that sex in the city is bad. Just that... No, and, and we should have those conversations. Yeah. It's just you don't have them on Twitter. <laughs> like, that's, the, that's the key. Social well, media yeah. is a mistake. And... <laughs> As I've but said if we many didn't times have it, in the past. If we didn't have it, we couldn't promote this podcast. Well, that, that is true. Uh, so, we're in a vicious cycle now. It's a, it's a mistake that I've learned to live with. Yeah, there wouldn't be any podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> cut, to that, cut to that clip from The Simpsons. Yes. Like, Everyone imagine a world without lawyers yeah. <laughs> with no podcasts. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Do you have predictions for next week's Loki? I Oh, well... No, I mean, my, my, my big prediction is that there's something else going on with Lady Loki. Yep. And there's something else going on with uh, the judge, like with Honor Renslayer. Yes, I agree. There's something else going on there. I am interested to see how they deal with this kind of rapidly breaking timeline. Yes, well, because they have to saw, deal with that. Again, because I love the low tech, the timeline is literally a line on yes. the screen and then there's just little branches of lines yeah, coming out. That's right. Like somebody drew it on an Etch-a-Sketch. Exactly. Uh, well, well, because the timeline has been very seriously <laughs> damaged. Yeah. So what goes on now? What repercussions? And and also they don't seem to have a huge amount of those, again, probably a cost thing, but like they get deployed in teams like Wunmi Masaku, who did a great job this episode being Mm. Loki. Yes. Just totally flipped character. Really good. Beautiful job. You know, they all got sent on a recon mission and there were like about four of them per team. But then when all hell was breaking loose, they just had a few people running towards portals. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You expected to see more people rushing. But I guess that's a cost thing and they just, you know, you know, they'll probably just tell you, oh, yes, we've had teams of people out there. <laughs> and 
also, I guess then that the people working at the TVA are human or humanoid because they were being well, picked off in that first opening scene, like by a knife or being stabbed. And well, they're humanoid. I don't think they're human because, the, like uh, Mobius says, he was created. Everyone in the TVA was created by the oh, timekeeper. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the timekeepers created the TVA and everyone in it. Yes. To police the sacred timeline. So it could just Or at be, least that's what they that's say. That's the story. Yeah. yeah. They could just be... They brainwashed and woke up and exactly. told like they Exactly. They, they yeah. woke up one day and maybe, they, maybe they're all refugees from different purge timelines that now mm. don't have a place to go. Yeah. And they don't remember anything. Or there's only a few people working there. And that's why they don't have huge amounts of staff to go out <laughs> well, and fix this stuff. That's true, yeah, exactly. And they're like constantly banging pipes with old spanners going, God, <laughs> the timekeepers have got to give us some money to upgrade this place. Bang, bang. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have breaks in the system. I told them there'd be a break in the... I told them what happens if there's a catastrophic explosion of the timeline. Now, here we are, understaffed. What is this accent? I don't know what it is. <laughs> It's kind of drifting. It's yeah. drifting around. It's all over the place. Sort of the, <laughs> you go for a road trip around the Northeast. <laughs> I want to see how they deal with that uh, exploding timeline. And I want mm. to see if Tom Hiddleston gets... I did like him in the, the shirt and the really skinny tie. Like yeah. the, the half Windsor knot. Look for him. Like a real schoolboy look. Yeah, yeah. Like naughty schoolboy. <laughs> but he just needs to... And when the, the bit when he um, magicked himself free of water. Mm. Yeah, that was When cool. they arrived in the hurricane and they... They like had to walk up to the big Costco yeah. Rock Smart or whatever it was called. And I was like, why didn't they open the portals inside? I mean, they knew they were going into a hurricane. I mean, so be... <laughs> The answer is it's more dramatic. Yeah, true. Yeah. It is more dramatic. <laughs> um, well, I guess that's it. We've discussed various pop culture things in mm. the zeitgeist this week. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we certainly did. I've been an old woman ranting about political correctness gone mad. <laughs> I hope people take that in the spirit to which it is intended. Yes. I don't want people to you know, well, hate me. People putting a bad faith uh, argument into, into your mouth where none existed. Yeah, that, that won't happen. That doesn't happen on the yeah, internet. Yeah, that won't happen. At all. Oh, people might take me out of context. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, you could definitely cut a bit out of here, me mm. saying, sex in the city is fine. And then she's like, oh my God, she's cancelled. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the new sex in the city. I'm really interested to see what they do with it. Hell, they've rebooted and re-bloody launched a whole bunch of other things. Like, why not that? Yeah, That's one I'll be like... And everyone's like, oh, it won't be the same without Samantha. I'm like, yeah, no, it would be better to have her on board. But I, at I the same be... time, what are they going to do? How are they going to approach this? But I'm I, intrigued. I was going to say, a modern day Sex in the City would be fascinating, I think. If it wasn't just an exercise in nostalgia. No, no. Well, I think that it would be, you know, it, you would, it would be like Broad City and there's been mm. versions of it. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's a Ray's show. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but the woman in it is Issa Ray and... She's done a show and it seems like from, I haven't watched it, but it seems kind of like a sex in the city, but she's an African-American woman. So it's right. kind of a bit more yeah. like African-American woman dating sure. yeah, yeah. kind of love life sort of stuff. There's been elements of that in other shows, yeah. but yes, it's also a comedy. So yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued, but it would, it would just be different. There's a whole episode of sex in the city where Carrie dates a bisexual and you know is trying to come to terms with it because she's never done that before and she's trying to understand the whole situation and she goes to this party where they're all talking about well we slept together and we were married and then we were married and we've got a kid together and and that's just what it would be like it would be like that episode just over the whole just that's the the deal yeah exactly and that's the whole point of that episode was carrie going i this is fine for them i don't really get it it's not really my scene yeah so good luck to them that's kind of the point of the episode sure (sighs) but anyway (laughs) 
Stu, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Seeing you in the flesh. Exactly. It's been a pleasure doing this together again. Yes, I know. Well, uh, what was our sign-off? We worked it out. Oh, no. Well, this week it can be a a teeny-weeny, incy-wincy, smoky-pokey-toky-loky. That's it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Girl Clumsy. I'm at Disco Stu. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne. Again, thank you to patrons, patreon.com slash if you want to join me on the crazy wild ride that is being an independent arts creative person <laughs> trying to wend their way through the world. Give me a sitcom. <laughs> it is time then to hokey pokey out of here. Thank you so much, Stu. <laughs> thank you, everyone. We will see you next week for more Loki.